1: absolutely anybody could be like mary be like mary log on to chumbocasino.com and play for free now no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner
0: the exxon radio show with rob
1: mcconnell is largely an opinion talk show And our family of growing affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Australia, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. If you'd like to give us a call, our toll-free number is 1-800-610-7035. That is That is toll-free. Worldwide at one 800 My email address, xzone at com on MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com, and our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. And I'd like to welcome once again our newest uh, broadcast affiliate, Star Cable Inc. in the Philippines. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, for the first hour of tonight's show for Tuesday, April the 13th in the year 2010, is Angela Artemis. Now, Angela is writer, clairvoyant, and spiritual medium from the New York area. Angela is also a financial salesperson with 20 years plus background in financial planning, private banking, and real estate finance. Her ability to navigate a demanding finance career while developing spiritually and psychically have given her a reputation as a very grounded and practical intuitive reader. Her approach to metaphysics is that it isn't anything supernatural, but an area of our experience that science has yet to validate. As a child, Angela was terrified of the dark due to spirit faces and voices that that vied for her attention. A nightlight allowed her to, spe- to sleep peacefully, and as a teenager she began sleeping without the nightlight, and slowly the spirits began to reappear. It was then that she began to develop her psychic abilities. Three years ago, unsolicited spirits began appearing in her psychic readings. Also, at that time, the spirit of a childhood friend who died tragically three decades earlier in a motorcycle accident contacted her. These incidents turned out to be the catalyst that drove her to investigate afterlife communication and in developing her own mediumship. Since then, Angela has studied mental mediumship and with uh, several renowned mediums, giving many readings and contributes to the development of her gift. She also attended psychical mediumship seances where the physical evidence that we survived death was undeniable exonation, uh, tables and other objects flying around the room, and much more. Joining me now from the New York area uh, is Angela um, Artemis. And Angela, welcome to the Exone.
2: Thank you, Rob. Thank you for having me.
1: It's great having you. Um, How old were you when you first realized that you had a gift? Well, maybe back then it wasn't realized as a gift, but when did you first realize that you could see and hear what many others couldn't?
2: I was probably about five or six. Mm Mm-hmm when I began realizing that the things that were keeping me awake at night were actual faces and voices. And I was a child, and it absolutely terrified me. And of course, when you try to tell a parent Mm -hmm. about something like that, they tell you it's your imagination, which probably 99% of parents would say. So I begged my parents to please leave the door open, a crack to the hallway, so that I could have a nightlight. And I really I just couldn't sleep. As soon as it got dark, these faces would approach me, and I would hear talking.
1: All right, you and well, I have I to take he, a commercial break a right now, Angela. We'll be back in two minutes. ExoNation, Angela Artemis is our special guest. Her website is www mystic musings and meditations.com that's mystic musings and meditations.com angela artemis is our special guest this first hour of tonight's show and we'll be back on the other side as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here in the x-zone from our studios in hamilton ontario canada we'll be back in two minutes don't go away sense. This product is a real winner. To learn more about One Two Three Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. Angela Artemis is our special guest explanation. www.mysticmuses i'm sorry mystic musings and meditations dot com. That's www.mysticmusingsandmeditations.com. and meditations dot com. All right, so here you are, a little girl. You're you're encountering all this. Paranormal activity, and your parents kind of basically shrug it off and say, yeah, okay, sure. What What was it like for you having to, to live with this on a nightly basis?
2: I was terrified, as I said, because my parents convinced me that mm-hmm. I was making it up, but it kept happening. Of course, with uh, light in the room, it happened less, and I was able to... Open my eyes and see there was nothing there, but hearing voices, hearing people calling my name was frightening, as you can imagine. As I got older, I really just convinced myself also that it was my imagination because, you know, you had to get some sleep and you had to get up for school in the morning and you certainly couldn't go to anybody because they didn't believe you, so eventually I just told myself, stop, this isn't real. People say it's not real, so it's not real, so up and it did subside for many years
1: but did it have a negative effect on you that you are actually trying to suppress something that you believe to be real because other people thought it was imaginary
2: yes it absolutely did um, not only did the faces and voices mm-hmm. subside for years but I think it does affect you in many ways where you might even second guess other decisions decisions you make in your life because something that you've been told is not real that you feel is so real I do, I, it does affect you I think it probably did uh, that's a whole other subject but certainly second guessing yourself would be one way that it would absolutely have affected me um, I did put it away and um, not until I was the teenager did it start to come back again and I did I did, again, try to convince myself that it wasn't real.
1: Now, what made you realize that spirits were actually coming through your regular psychic readings as you grew older?
2: I was reading for people. um, I remember one particular instance. I was doing Mm -hmm. an intuitive um, medical reading for someone who had medical issues. And normally in that type of reading, you're scanning the body. And instead of seeing the person that I was reading for, and this Mm -hmm. was over the telephone, I started to see other people. Um, It happened in this instance and several other instances where I would get someone of the opposite sex, Mm -hmm. and let's say I was reading for a woman, I would suddenly see a much older gentleman and describe them, and they would say, well, that sounds like my grandfather. Or, you know, in the case of reading for a young man, I would see a woman, and he would say, well, that, that sounds like my mother. And this happened over and over again, and initially I discounted it. I just assumed I was connecting to them psychically, and they might have been thinking about their their grandfather who passed on or mother who passed away, because they would say, oh, and they've, they've died. But I, I honestly didn't connect it with mediumship. I believe I had put up such a block perhaps from being so open as a child that it never even entered my mind Rob I just thought I was making a psychic connection Mm -hmm. and reading you know telepathy using telepathy to pick up partially what they might have been thinking prior to our to our reading
1: so what was it that what was it that made you break your own vow of silence so to speak and and continue with the world of the psychic and the world of the paranormal
2: I had um, a very, very um, eye-opening and life-changing experience um, not too long ago. It was actually about three years ago. I was home one afternoon. I was sitting on my deck, Mm -hmm. and I was just sitting out there reading a book, and I, I have a pet. And my pet went crazy. My cat went insane wanting to go inside the house through the screen door, which is unusual because once they're outside they don't want to go in and he was clawing at this screen door and I said well there must be a fly or a mosquito on the other side of the screen so I didn't want him to rip the screen to shreds I opened the door I let him in and he went in charging into the living room and just followed something and again I am assuming it was some sort of a flying bug Mm -hmm. I ran behind the cat and saw him staring at something very intently um in in one corner of the room and i don't know what possessed me it was something i had a feeling that i wasn't alone in the room and i really hadn't had a feeling like that because i had kept it so bottled up for so many years because of my my fears and i just suddenly heard myself asking out loud is there someone here that wants to speak to me and i actually was startled i didn't intend to say that and you know, i When I heard my own voice, I I was really taken aback. And as soon as I asked the question, I heard a name very, very clearly. And then I saw a young man who was clearly had been in some sort of an accident and he was holding a motorcycle. And he just said to me, I wanna go home. Why can't I go home? And in looking at this person, it suddenly became very clear to me, I knew this person. And I recognized him as a neighbor of mine who had died more than 30 years ago. He was about 19 at the time. And he had died in a very tragic motorcycle accident. And when I saw him, I was shocked. It just didn't, it never, as I said, it did not occur to me that anything like this would happen. Well, I started speaking to him and I tried to tell him, you know, who I was, and didn't you recognize me? Don't I look a bit older than I did back then? (laughs) And anyway, as it went on, his his mother came through. She had also just died prior to that about a year before, and she gave me a message for my mother. They were neighbors. They knew one another and gave some very specific details about how she had been trying to communicate with my mother, where and when, And ultimately, she took her son, and I guess the term would be she crossed him over so that he was able to go home. And I told my mother the following day what had happened, and she became very emotional because she had been aware, although she hadn't verbalized it, in the specific places and at the specific times. When this woman who had been the neighbor had said she was trying to contact my mother, my mother was very aware of it. So that incident is what changed my mind or actually allowed me to accept that I might have this ability. All right, and now so let, let me ask you
1: started. let me ask you a question here because uh, your mother at the beginning of the uh, of the interview was telling you it was your imagination, and yet just now you were saying that your mother had felt that this lady had been trying to contact her as well. So when did your mother turn from a disbeliever to a believer?
2: You know what, I... I talked with my mother about that, and what it was is as a child, she didn't want me to have fears, and she didn't want me to be unable to sleep, and I think she thought it was the best thing was to tell me that it was my imagination.
1: But as, a, a, but but as an adult, as an adult, how do you look at that now? Do you look at it with resentment, or do you look at it as if my mother was trying to protect me, or that or you, do you look at it as, Mom, why did you lie to me?
2: No, I thought she was trying to protect me. I didn't think that at all because I grew up in a very open-minded home and
1: But, but how could it be open-minded? How could it be open-minded if your mother tried to hide the truth from you?
2: No, I think she at the time she may not have been aware of it. I think as she grew older, she became more open-minded, mm-hmm. and I also think she was trying to protect me since I was a little child and she didn't know what to do. She didn't see what I was seeing. So I really think it was out of love. I don't think it was a lie at all.
1: Let me ask you this question: If if you had a child who had had these experiences, would you be honest with them? Would you investigate yes. the possibilities with them, or would you tell them it was all their imagination? And preface your answer for me.
2: No, now, no. I would never. Now that I know, mm-hmm. I would never do that. I would work with the child and help to see, enhance their abilities, talk to them so that they get over their fear. And if they have these abilities, to help them develop them.
1: Can suppressing this information actually harm a child?
2: I think so. I think so, because as I said earlier, I think... If you're not able to validate Mm -hmm. what you're seeing and hearing, you start to second guess all of your decisions because something that was real isn't real or supposedly isn't real. Mm -hmm. So that gives you um, a bit of hesitation over many other decisions in your life because even though you may not consciously be aware of it, I think it's always there the fact that you were told that what you were seeing and hearing wasn't real. Mm
1: -hmm. That's true.
2: I do think so. I do think it can be harmful.
1: What kind of an asset would, knowing the truth about a child's own psychic ability and their ability to communicate with the other side, how would this be an asset in a child's life?
2: I think, well, it would be an asset because you would be validating their experience so that they wouldn't develop that um, underlying, possibly uh, subconscious reaction of second guessing themselves. Right. I also think it would, if they have disabilities and they are able to get information from other frequencies, as I guess you might call it, or realms, as they grow older, they could use this information to make decisions, to help guide them. I don't know that I wouldn't think of it as um, something that they would want to develop just for saying, I have this, and to use it in a very um, egotistical manner, like showing off.
1: All right, you and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by. Angela Armitus is our special guest. www.mysticmusingsandmeditations. Dot com. That's www.mysticmusingsandmeditations.com. We'll be back on the other side of this news break as the x continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network and x Broadcast Network. Don't go away. this product is a real winner to learn more about 123 ready tv visit our website at www.xzbn.net welcome back everyone my name is rob mcconnell this is the exxon on the talk star radio network and on the exxon broadcast network our toll-free worldwide telephone number is 1-800-610-7035 That's 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com on MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com and our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. And for all the latest news on Paragators TV, visit www.paragators.org. ExoNation, my guest this hour is Angela Artemis. Her website is www.mysticmusingsandmeditations.com. That's mysticmusings and the word A-N-D, meditations.com. You and I were talking off air uh, during the commercial break with the news, Angela, that in their later years, your mom and dad kind of changed their way of thinking when it came to certain things.
2: Yes, they did. I think uh, back in the 60s when I was growing up, and Mm -hmm. even now, there's so many misconceptions about spirit communication. I think we're all bombarded with the images that we see in movies and television that makes it seem that it should be something really scary. Yeah. It's a horror film. And of course... Back in the that in the 60s, there was even less information than there is now, and now there's an explosion of information. But I believe my parents have always been open. We've had a long history in our family of people who have dreams, mm-hmm. who have intuition, who have um, even just getting a lot of premonitions, and that was never discounted in our family. I think what the problem was that when it's your child and you think, oh, this could be getting spirit communications. This is too scary. I don't want my child dealing with that. And also, they didn't want it to scare them, I believe. But as we got older and I became more and more involved in developing psychically, my parents were very open. They always listened. And my father always told me, that's that's great. I want you to develop this. And he had even seen... um, his sister, who passed away one day, she was standing in the room. And my parents, as they got older, they became even more open-minded. But I think being a kid in the '60s and the lack of information, they were trying to protect me and possibly themselves because they didn't understand that it's it's not scary. What we see on TV and the movies is absolute fiction.
1: All right, I, I think- was ju- I was just going to ask you that. How different is it? Being a real honest to goodness medium like yourself, and the mediums that we see featured on a lot of the so-called reality TV shows that are on the on the networks, uh, practically on every channel. what's the
2: difference? Well, if you're talking about the acclaimed and well-known psychics that have television shows, and they're real, they are real, excuse me, they're real mediums. They, and like, let's say it's someone like Lisa Williams or John Edwards. Mm-hmm. They're real mediums. That isn't pretend. Those types, are you talking about where they have ghost hunters and yes. they go into these dark castles? Um, I, frankly, I totally discount those type of shows, yeah. these psychic ghost hunters they make it spooky for the ratings. They make it scary because nobody would watch. It's really very calm and tame. Oh, all right, so let me, uh, let me ask you this. <laughs> it, nothing it, like
1: that. Is it more like Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost than it is the woo-woo factor on a and and those other shows that are out there?
2: Yeah, more so. I mean, even that was um, a little bit um, exaggerated for the movie, but it, it's much more. Like that, than it would be any of those other ghost hunting shows that you see. Absolutely, there possibly are, there are ghost hunters. I'm not one of them, but I'm sure if you went somewhere with a ghost hunter, you wouldn't see all the spooky things that they do for the television shows. It's probably a lot quieter. It's a lot duller. It's probably more like sitting out on a stakeout, waiting and waiting for hours and hours. <laughs> more than all the things they pack into these half-hour shows, which is probably over many days of taping.
1: Sure. Tell me, Angela, how do the spirits know that you can hear and see them?
2: From what I understand, and from all the other mediums I now have, you know, there's a community and you get to know people and there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of available information. It seems as if when you're reading for a person that person has a connection to the spirit and because you're with this person that we call the sitter the person that you're reading for they communicate with you their energy enters your energy so because you're a medium Mm -hmm. you have a certain energy they are aware of this energy from the frequency that their their consciousness now operates in without a body and the fact that you're reading for someone who they know has drawn them to this sitting. So they're able to make the connection to you. I mean, there are times when uh, I've, uh, people are reading uh, in front of large audiences, and there's a whole host of people in the audience. Everyone has someone connected to them that's passed away. And these people in the audience will draw all these spirits there because of their desire to make a connection
1: so all these spirits are, are actually there and, and you know do these spirits ever interact with each other on a spiritual plane
2: I, I, I am told they do I have obviously never visited mm-hmm. this plane uh, but uh, anytime I've read for anyone it's usually been only one spirit at a time, but sometimes there are more than one or two waiting to come through, and I, I honestly, Rob, I don't know that yeah. they do or don't, but I believe that they communicate with one another. For, for example, we me,
1: for example, when, when you're at a large gathering of people who want to have you read uh, or to try to communicate with those who they've lost on the other side. And you were just telling us that, you know, all these energies mix between the sitters and, and yourself and the other mediums. So not only do you have the spirit or the, oh, yeah, the spirit from one person there, but you have maybe 15, 20 different spirits there, or do they come in individually individually?
2: No, they no. If if it's a if it were a large group, mm-hmm. they would all be there at the same time. But are you saying do they come through to the consciousness of the of the medium all at the same time?
1: Well, yes, because of the, or, or does it depend well, if the person is sitting?
2: Where, yes, there you have to develop and you have to become very clear and you have to learn to link to one person at a time. Okay. That's where it can be. Difficult, and that's where obviously experience comes in because it can be confusing. You might hear a voice and then another voice, and of course, not knowing that it's two different people. Because when you hear their voices in your head, you may or may not hear it in their exact voice. I Sometimes see. it sounds like your own inner voice, except that it is a thought that is downloaded whole and complete into your mind that you were not thinking and sometimes it's in their own voice well what's the you know, difference person... I'm sorry
1: no I was just going to ask you what the difference between a physical medium is and a mental medium
2: a, a, a mental medium like myself is someone that receives the information telepathically and through the other senses, I I hear clairaudiently, I feel their feelings clairsentiently, and I receive symbols and pictures in my mind clairvoyantly, and that is something that isn't able, isn't validated um, outside of myself as it would be by physical mediumship where the actual um, physical mediumship, has objective type of uh, things happening, such as movement of objects in the room or appearance of objects in the room that were not there before that are teleported or apported by the spirits. In physical mediumship, you have physical signs. In mental mediumship, you get proof from the spirit for the person you're reading for that proves that it's the person. They'll tell you things that only they would know, memories that were shared, Mm -hmm. specific things that happened that you wouldn't have any knowledge of, but only the person you're reading for could validate, and this very, very specific information will prove that you have a spirit. In a physical mediumship setting, which I have attended and have been utterly amazed by, you'll see things moving around the room, tables going up to the ceiling and spinning, which would be impossible for anybody to do, um, pianos being played, wow. football, shaking the whole room, you feel someone touching you, mm-hmm. um, it's things that I never, ever would have believed I've actually uh, been a witness to. When you're I mean,
0: do- when,
2: um,
1: when you're doing this, are you in any physical harm?
2: I never felt that at all. I did not feel afraid at all. I was um, in a visiting a circle that um, has been very, very successful with uh, ports. And uh, ports are things that materialize in the room that were not there before. And I was visiting this circle as a guest, and um, I didn't feel afraid at all. I thought I would, and I didn't. I think because I was so amazed at what was happening, I didn't have a moment to be afraid. And it wasn't anything to be afraid of. The spirits were using the energy of the physical medium and his group of, of uh, circle members mm-hmm. to manifest things on the physical plane to show that there is a consciousness after loss of the physical body. And they don't, you know, it's not a sideshow. It's not something done just to a people, but it's only for people to wake up and realize that our consciousness continues to exist after we leave our body and to tell us that we should live on this earth for the experience, deal with the stresses, grow in character, and love as much as possible. Because when we leave this plane, All we take is the love we felt and the memories of our lives. So it's for that reason that you become a medium. Not to amaze anyone, but to share that message. How
1: can a listener tell the difference between a legitimate medium and a medium who's out there to get the fast buck?
2: I think you have to listen to your gut instinct. I mean, don't you know when you're being lied to a lot oh, of sure. times, you know, you Definitely. feel something is off, you just don't feel right?
1: But it's in, the same in,
2: way in anything.
1: In the case of a person going to a medium, they want to hear, they want to believe, they are willing to sacrifice that gut mm-hmm. feeling for the mm-hmm. possibility of that communication. So in that case, I don't think that the rational mind is actually playing all that fair.
2: Mm. Yeah, their radar may not be working as well in that case, they desire it too intensely. Mm -hmm. I would say if you went to a real mental medium, they wouldn't ask you any leading questions. The whole idea of mediumship is to not ask questions of the person that you're reading for, is to just present anything that is coming through to you and you ask them to validate it afterwards. In other words, you wouldn't say, oh, Did your father pass away? I see. He would say, I have a gentleman here. He appears to be around this age. He is saying he passed away from this condition. Angela, stand by,
1: my dear. You and I have to take our final break. Angela Artemis is our special guest. www.mysticmusingsandmeditations.com We'll be back on the other side of this final break for this hour as the exome continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.
0: For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Angela Artemis is our special guest for this hour. Her website is www.mysticmusingsandmeditations.com. That's www.mysticmusingsandmeditations.com. First of all, Angela, I'd like to thank you very much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure having you here with us. Uh, I wish you continued success. We haven't even uh, gotten to the point where I would like to talk to you about your new book entitled The Spirit Link. Um, What happens to a person when they die?
2: If they hopefully are aware of the afterlife, they have a very smooth transition and they awaken or uh, they leave their bodies Mm -hmm. in an awake and aware condition knowing that they are transitioning their consciousness is now going to be operating in another frequency if they are not aware many times they don't accept that they've passed away and they live in a world of their own making where they're not aware that they are their actual physical life on earth has ended but for the most part, I would say that most people who pass away do become aware that they have died. They wake up or they they go through this transition where they are expelled from the body and someone is waiting there for them that they knew and loved and shows them the way into the next frequency where they will exist without their body and makes their transition easy, comfortable, and So they don't get stuck. I mean, and again, what we were saying earlier about watching these television shows and movies, most people don't get stuck. You're not going to find thousands and thousands of people roaming around wherever you are in the earth plane stuck, although some do, but in most cases they'll go. They'll see a relative, they'll see someone they love, and they'll easily go into that next level.
1: We've got about 60 seconds. Uh, uh, What can listeners do to develop their very own mediumship?
2: Uh, The best thing you can do is to meditate. Meditate every day. Mm -hmm. Find a technique where you can empty your mind of the constant thoughts that are swirling around. Become very, very quiet. Get used to hearing your own thoughts. Not, not the swirling thought, that I have to go to the store, I have to do right. this, but where you can hear and say, is there someone here who wants to speak to me? Let's say you're thinking about a parent who passed mm-hmm. away and see if you'll get a feeling, a thought. I know my aunt comes to me and I smell cigarettes and I don't smoke, but she did. And this is her little sign that she's nearby. So become aware. As you become more aware of the internal processes, you become more open, and your sixth sense will develop, and you'll become aware of feelings that aren't yours, Mm -hmm. ideas that come into the mind that aren't yours, and you'll start to realize that you can communicate.
1: Angela, we've just run out of time. Once again, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Continued success, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet here in the Zone.
2: Thank you, Rob. I really appreciate it. It's been Thank a great, you so much. It's
1: been my great pleasure. Exonation, Angela Artemis, has been our guest this hour, Mystic Musings and Meditations We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exone. Don't go away.
0: At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger. Fresh for everyone.
1: When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at kroger.com boost.